Welcome back. Welcome back to the program, Let It Out, that you're listening to right now. My name is Katie Delbau, and welcome back to today's guest, Madeline De La Rosa. Maddie is returning to the podcast after years, years in the making. She, if you don't know Maddie, you should, you will in the next two hours. I'm actually going to break this up over a couple episodes, but she was last on the show in 2020, I believe. We were definitely talking about how pandemic heavy that time was, and we recorded it in person, and I believe it was the first one I had recorded in person since pre-pandemic, and that felt like a big deal. So in that episode, we go over, you know, her origin story and how she ended up making films and getting into ceramics and how she grew up and lived in so many different places. And in this one, we centered the conversation really around the last year and how she experienced so much change. She really reinvented herself and she went inwards and she learned a lot in the last year. And we really unpack that. And Another thing that happened, I guess, really largely, I I would say in the last year, although we've known each other for the last several is, you know, Maddie and I, Maddie's like one of my best friends now. So since that first conversation, we've gotten a lot closer, which I think makes this conversation much different than the, the last one you may have heard. And maybe you're new here. Maybe you're new to me or you're new to Maddie, but welcome. Here we go. We recorded this just before the holidays. She spoke about how she's actually one of those rare people who sticks to their New Year's resolutions. And she's actually made some massive shifts in her life that have begun as resolutions. So like I said, I'm going to break this into two parts. But here in part one, we talk about spirituality, shadow work, learning to be gentler on yourself, the gene keys. We talk about Abraham Hicks. We talk about following the flow. If you don't know what any of those things are, we kind of explain it. And well, you'll figure it out. We talk about not being too dogmatic about routines. Maddie really helps me with something with that. And then I'll let you know what we talk about in part two at the end, but stick around. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you had a lovely holiday season. I hope you got to slow down or speed up socially or somewhere in between. And I am optimistic for this year. I really am. Yeah, I am. And I hope you are too. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm years in the making. Are you recording? We're recording. This okay. is it. We're doing it. We started... Well, you we, we can't exactly remember what last time you were on the podcast. It was several years ago. And pretty much ever since, we've been wanting to do this again. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a really long time. But really, in the I guess in the last year, because we did a live YouTube last Halloween. Remember that? Yeah, it was a disaster. I had a nice time, though. It was really fun. It was just my first time doing a live stream, and that was a whole other thing. But we did it. We did it. I don't. I have no recollection of what we talked about. It was a blur. It was a blur. But people asked us questions. Oh, which I submitted. I put on my Instagram for people to submit questions, so we'll do that at the end and see what we got. Yeah, great. But I have a bunch myself. <laughs> okay, I can't wait. So what has happened, the big thing that happened between the last time you did the podcast and today is that you and I became really close friends. <laughs> yeah, it's been really, really fun. 
And I think that will make this conversation really different than the last one because I'm not getting to know you right. and talking about how you became who you were then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think what, what's cool about doing this is that it's a time capsule of today. Right. 2023, end of the year, about to be a new year. And we just went on a walk before this with Violet and had a pre-show <laughs> where <laughs> we were sort of talking about our years and and in a way that we were along for the ride and we were in each other's lives during it, obviously, but looking at it more holistically and looking into the next year. And I think this conversation will sort of be a recorded version of that as well. Yes. Because you, I told you this as we were walking. So I, I meet up with Maddie on the street <laughs> and I and she had to go to the post office and I'm, I'm like, oh, I'll just walk down to where you and Violet are. And I'm holding my phone watching a video of hers yeah, <laughs> because I wanted to finish it because I usually watch all of Maddie's videos and I watched all the vlogs, but I got really behind this year. And so <laughs> I watched all of them today for the entire year. It's pretty impressive, honestly. I think I missed that. I just didn't finish that one, but it was really, really cool because I'm in a bunch of them. Really? Yeah. See, I haven't even looked back either, so you probably know more than me. I'm getting a tattoo in one of them. That was a recent one. Right, yeah. And then I, when we went to see Barbie. Right, yeah, you were in that one. And I feel like I'm about to be in the Valentine's Day one because we were together and I can just feel I'm about to be in <laughs> Yeah, you're just going to pop up. Yeah, I know. And I was at a lot of the places that I, even if I don't make an appearance, like your show and Anyway, it was a big year for you. Yeah. And next year's going to be a big year too. And anyway, I'm just really grateful that you're here. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me again. Do you, what do you remember from the last time you were here? What was that like? Was that your first podcast that you'd done? No. But it was my first one that felt like really cozy with a friend. And I just remember us having a really fun time together. And it felt so easy. Um, we were talking about how we hadn't listened back to that episode. So I have no idea what we talked about. I know. But it was great. Yeah, now I am kind of curious, but I'd also just like I know. I don't I don't know that I want to listen to it. I know. It and it'll be it'll be it will just anytime you look at and revisit anything from what you did before, it's uncomfortable because we changed, obviously. Like it would be worse if we didn't change because that would just mean we remained stagnant. So that's good in a right, way. Yeah. But I think that one of the things that will be uncomfortable about that for me is that it, and I wonder if you'll feel this way too, but it's always a bit like when I'm closer with someone in, in retro, like I'm closer than we were then. Right. We are just, di we're going to be different with each other and I it's going to be uncomfortable to hear. You know, know what I mean? I know. That's the main thing. Who knows? Maybe we're, maybe things we said will also be uncomfortable, but we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about us having our work out. Like, okay, well, we're going to get into all of it. So in my deep dive into my friend's um, <laughs> YouTube today, and also I just read all of your sub stacks, which I'm so glad you have a sub stack, which everyone should subscribe to immediately pause 
if you are not already. But in doing so today, you are someone who actually, I learned, I didn't know this before today, but you are someone who actually sticks to New Year's resolutions, which I thought was not only a really timely place to start, but a good one because you began this year with, in terms of shifting your creative work and spiritually and with meditation and beyond, it all sort of stemmed from early in the year, like around a New Year's resolution, right? Is that right? It did, yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So for a few years in a row, I was doing something new. And um, I am one of those people who does stick to my New Year's resolutions because I I use it as like a catalyst for change and growth. Um, So the New Year is always really exciting for me. And um, I even use birthdays as like milestones to like set out a new whatever, whatever it is that I want to do. But I, um, a few years ago, I decided to go vegetarian on my birthday. And in the new year, I decided I was going to go vegan. This was like eight years ago. And then um, before that, I, you know, cut out fast fashion in the new year. It was like, you know, that was like seven years ago or eight years ago. So yeah, I've, I've had a few, I've got a good track record like a, a decade full of stuff that I've committed to. I just get really excited about having a fresh start. Mm. I don't look back maybe as maybe as some other people do, but um, but yeah, I really enjoy it. I think I, I used to teach this, you know that hat I wear all the time that says Kripalu, that workshop place. I, I used to teach a workshop there at the new year called um, about – resolutions and like changing your relationship to goal setting. And I would always think about how sometimes it is actually good to do the thing you're meant to do when you're meant to do it. Right. And capitalizing on the collective momentum of change and growth and, and excitement and, Mm. you know, momentum, which I think is really important to us and, and all of us. And yeah, so that, that's really interesting that that is something that you have done for, for years, like for nearly a decade. So how did that pan out specifically this year? What were some of the intentions that that you said at the beginning of 2023? Well, this year I told myself I was going to meditate every day. So uh, in January, I started doing that and I would pull up a random YouTube video, like a guided meditation, and I would just um, quiet my mind for like 10 to 15 minutes and – I was actually going through a really tough few years prior. So I guess it was just my way of committing to something new and um, yeah, just seeing what would happen. And um, a few months later, I had a spiritual awakening. So it freaking worked. I was not expecting that, but holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So in one of those videos around that time at the beginning of this year, you talked about meeting up with a friend and she said something helpful. So so I was going through this really tough time where everything was sort of spiraling downwards and I was super anxious. I was worried about money, relationships, friends. I mean, I was just like, I was freaking out. I was in fight or flight for a really long time. Um, and... So I, I met up with one of my friends during this time where I was spiraling and um, 
she was like, well, tell me your old story and then tell me your new story. And I think there was something about saying that out loud. And I don't, I mean, I don't know what, but I think there was something really powerful in that, like setting that intention. And then um, we went to a crystal shop afterwards. I don't know if this has anything to do with it either, but you know, I didn't really have any money, but I was like, oh, let me buy like a couple of crystals for myself. Maybe it'll help. Mm-hmm. And um, I came home later that night and I was sitting at the edge of my bed and I was holding my crystals because I was really excited about them. And my friend had bought me a bunch of stuff too, which was really nice. And um, a Dr. Joe Dispenza video was playing on my TV. And I heard him say, you are the creator of your own reality. And my whole body lit up and I just had this huge epiphany. It And I was like, oh my God, I can like turn this around. I think I got like 20,000 steps that day just from pacing because I was so anxious. I mean, I, I remember, like I, yeah, I was I mean, talking to you yeah. during this time, which is cool to hear the story, but I yeah, remember. I really going through it. But um, I think I was able to have that moment because I was – I was so tired and exhausted from being so anxious all day. Um, and yeah, it like hit me like a ton of bricks. And I, it gave me, I felt liberated in that moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Like it's kind of when I used to teach yoga, right? We would talk about how the getting to Shavasana is actually the yoga. Like that's the yoga. You do all the flow and you do all the other things to get your body to a point where you can actually receive tap in. Yeah. Right. And that's sort of, you know, what happened to you holistically. And I I could be wrong, but I don't know if you even remember this, but early this year I was walking into the dentist and you called me in the middle of the day. Do you remember this? I think so. And I answered and you were crying and you oh, were I don't remember really this. anxious. Or maybe you weren't crying when you answered, but you started to cry and we talked for a minute. And, you know, I was in a – I've kind of been in a similar spot in my own way. And what? you were like, I have to go. I'm going to meet up with a friend. Oh, was it that day? I think it might have been. Okay. But I just – I don't know. I remember your the state that you were in during that. And then after that, we were – we were we had been talking every – well, we had been talking every day that week, voice texting. And then I just picked up the phone because I knew – like you don't usually call me. and uh, Like I just knew you – I just like intuitively was like, you need to answer the phone right now. Um, and then we kept – and then you like sent me a really nice text after and you were like, I'm really glad you answered right then because it got like, yeah, you just needed to talk to a friend. I think I was looking, I just needed some, I don't, like a sounding board or just yeah. something. I just felt so lost. Totally. Yeah. And then what's interesting is like, I really believe in that, that quote that says, when you feel helpless, help someone. Mm-hmm. Like it really can shift. Nothing gets me out of my own he- head, but like helping someone else if I can. Yeah. And it, it helped me to be able to talk to you that day. And then we were really back and forth about just kind of other things in our lives. And then suddenly, like, one day you sort of shifted into talking about these things, which mm-hmm. I had been aware of and doing for a long time but kind of had let go of in some way. And so it was sort of a tune-up and it became these really gratifying conversations that we had that that really I appreciated a lot. and. 
and really deepened our our friendship. But you you talk about how you know that day when you realize that we are the creators of our own reality and you are responsible for your internal state. Mm-hmm. And you get into quantum physics and Abraham Hicks and like so many things that I love and have found incredibly useful over the years. Like where were you spiritually before this? Like was this a big I know it was a big shift from from where you were emotionally, but like did you what kind of baggage did you have coming in to like get yourself to be open to this? That's a good question. I I didn't grow up religious and I think I'd gone to church maybe like once or twice and it always kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. Um, but spiritually, like in college, I took meditation and yoga and I had this like chakras book that I bought when I was like 19. I have a tattoo that means faith. I got when I was 16, not even knowing that any of this, like I didn't know um, <laughs> I know it's so crazy. Like all of the pieces sort of foreshadowing have come together, but so I, yeah, I wasn't exposed to any sort of religious concepts. I just I didn't know what I really believed in. I believed in the universe. Yeah, but yeah, after that happened, I obviously went down the rabbit hole, and I started learning all this stuff. It's probably good because I think you didn't have a lot of programming or baggage or things to sort of undo or redo from Mm -hmm. a past belief system that you grew up with. And so it probably made you more open this year, which is really interesting. And I think – yeah, I, I'm I'm just I'm just so happy that that happened for you and that it really did shift something. So and I've seen it, you know, as your friend, our conversations of your life, how things have unfolded from like a before or after perspective. Yeah. So let's like talk about it a little bit in terms of you see that statement where the creators of our own reality you now have this responsibility towards your internal state. You're meditating every day. I'd love to go through a, a couple areas of your your life and how it has impacted you mm-hmm. and and have you – how does that sound? Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about it creatively. Like how has your deepening understanding of of – these spiritual concepts that have been so useful to you, how has it affected you creatively? Well, it's all I want to talk about. <laughs> um, and so I guess I – but there are so many different ways to say something. And um, I guess I'm just trying to figure out how to talk about what I want to talk about in a way that's like really light and fun because this should be light and fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like law of attraction and all this stuff, which – you and I, we love talking about. And yeah, thinking on like a bigger scale, like of course there are other things happening in the universe and all this, we have like past lives. Like it, I guess having this thing happen to me in March, it just opened up a whole new world for me. And I think I'm still trying to figure out how to intertwine that in my work 
without it being too overtly just like blah this is you know what I mean right you want it to feel like you yeah so I'm still trying to figure out how to weave that part of myself in because I also want to help other people realize that there are other things going on and yeah I guess I'm still figuring it out when did you decide that you were ready to share about it publicly? Because we're talking about it now, but this is not the first time you have a, a video on your yeah on YouTube where you talked about it really, really well and really, really succinctly. Yeah, it, it was interesting for me to watch that today because I'd been wanting to watch it forever and I just was sort of waiting and having witnessed you, like I obviously it wasn't like new information to me, mm-hmm. but the way that you articulated it was perfect. It was not... It was very simple mm-hmm. because I think that's what that needed to be right. and you can expand on it later, but you said exactly what you needed to say, you know? Yeah. I think I actually rewatched it recently and I was like, oh yeah, this is every everything I needed yeah, to say, totally. but I was nervous to make that video. Yeah. I was nervous because I, I didn't know what people were going to think. I didn't know if they were going to think I'd like lost my mind. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I thought I thought I was going to be judged or right. like and some people might and some people did and some people didn't like who knows but the reaction from my perspective looked like it was great. Yeah, and I and I think what was well most of my audience is women. So I feel like we're on the same page about like a lot of things, which is nice. So yeah, I think a lot of people were interested and they were also sort of on that journey too. So it was nice to have that community when I did post about it, but yeah, I was I was nervous. When did you know that you were ready to share that? Because it was several months after you. Yeah. Well, I I knew that something big had happened to me and that it sort of changed the trajectory of what was going on in my life. And um, so I knew I was going to have to say something at some point. And I was like, well, let's just see what happens. Rip off the Band-Aid. Yeah. So what did you feel like? Once you shared that, was it, I mean, you mentioned the community and that it, that it felt good to connect people, but how did you feel like, did it feel like some, a release of sorts? After that, then I was like, well, damn, what is my content now? You know, I didn't know what it was going to be. Um, and I'm still playing around with it too, which has been fun, but yeah. Staying where we are for a moment around content and around output Mm -hmm. and creative work and how to incorporate who you are today into making work that you share with the world that feels like you and Mm -hmm. feels palatable at the same time and and towing that line. And at the beginning of the year, I I wrote this down and we spoke about it a little bit in the pre-show walk, (laughs) reinvention. You know, you, you spoke about this in that maybe your first video of the year about having this channel, your YouTube channel since you were 19 years old and wrestling with how to reinvent yourself within that space, within YouTube. And watching it today made me feel quite emotional, to be honest, and and inspired because I think, I, I was telling you this earlier, but it mirrors my life a little bit with, what I'm doing here. And I'd love to talk a little bit about that and how, you know, looking back now, how, how does that feel like being a year out from it? So first, can you, can you talk about it and like what, what you were, what you were saying in that video then, if you remember? Yeah. Well, I I was talking about co-creating with the universe, which is still true. I'm still learning how to do that. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think I've just learned to be easier on myself. I think I was putting a lot of pressure on what I was making. Trying to keep up with the algorithm was a theme that I was uh, struggling with too, which is really silly because I, I don't think I've ever cared about the algorithm. Um, but I was just at such a low point that it was like all of these things were just like not clicking for me. So you were sort of like, how do I reinvent myself within YouTube and within making videos and this new way of being? Because I, I was that first video of the year before the spiritual awakening. That was that yeah, was separate, right? That was more just you being like, and we were kind of talking about this on the walk because I really relate to this, right? Like I've been doing this podcast for it was ten years this year, and I can't do it how I did it when I began, right? nor do I want to. And like everything we were saying about even our conversation from three years ago, like we cringe at old versions of ourselves because that's growth, that's change, that's how this works. However, you and I have both gained our experience in this a medium that mm -hmm. we want to continue in. But like for myself, and I think this was similar for you, I had pulled back from it because and, and I wrote this down too. You said somewhere in that video, you said, I devalued myself and thought that nobody cares. And you, you know, you were talking about being in a weird headspace and that you were putting energy maybe in the wrong places with daily vlogs and you wanted to shift that. So you came up with this new series, mm -hmm. The Monthly Digest, which I think is really, really great and ended up now becoming a real tenant of your Substack, which is new but you were really reinventing the way you were doing YouTube at that time. And I think for the better, and it only expanded to become more correct and more like you. But I think the seed was planted even then, even before the, even before you really knew what was going on behind the scenes, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it had always been on my mind because I feel like I had been making some of the same content for a really long time and just not really, like I was sort of making the same stuff year after year. And I didn't know how to get out of that box, really. Yeah. And so these monthly digest videos, I was like, well, I can make these once a month. It's something to look forward to. And it could be like a mismatch of stuff, which I figured would be easier for myself. And then I had my spiritual awakening and, um, and then I went down the rabbit hole. So it ended up being like a quarterly <laughs> digest. I only made four this year, but it was still me pushing and trying to figure out how I could do this in a different way. Yeah, I, I found it really inspiring because, and correct me if this is wrong, but from my perspective, you were doing this for yourself. Mm -hmm. You were doing something that felt fun for you. You were collecting what inspired you <laughs> that month. You were collecting what you found interesting and <laughs> you were considering the audience in the sense of you were excited to share things that excited you with them, mm -hmm. but you were not considering the audience first and figuring out what they would want. You were considering yourself first. And that to me across the board is always, always makes for the best art and, and content and whatever you want to call it, because 
like there's that Bowie quote I quote all the time on this podcast. It could be like a drinking game, but he says <laughs> like the work always suffered when he was second guessing the audience and mm. it, when he was most selfish about it, that's when he made his best work. Right. And I was listening to this. I've been listening to a lot of Blonde Shell. Do you ever listen to her? No. I I love her songs and her lyrics and this album that came out this year. She, I was listening to an interview and and she was saying that she wrote it during the pandemic and she was she had been making a bunch of different music projects for years and years and like putting out music and nothing was really working. And so in the pandemic, she was just like, I'm going to make something for me. I'm just going to make this album for myself and I'm going to do exactly how I want to do it. And it's going to be super specific and raw and intense. And that she made. And of course, that is, you know, to prove the Bowie point, that same thing happened where she was selfish about it. And when you were all that, not that different, right? Like the human experience is not that different. So instead of trying to do something that we hope people will like, do the thing that you really like and the people who are meant to see that will, will, will come. And I think that's really what you've, what you've done your entire career, but I think you needed a, a reinvention because, and, and similarly, like, I think when I'm, when I'm trying to Yours is so much more public in in some ways, but like when I when I interview somebody who like it doesn't matter the audience, it doesn't matter like it with I'm excited to interview them and I that can be felt, right? Or like if you're excited about a video, that can be felt. Totally. Anytime there's a force. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like you you can totally tell if someone is having fun or enjoying themselves or playing around and trying something new. And, and I always knew that too. And I was like, well, well, I have to keep up with this. And so I, you know, sometimes I would just scramble to make something. So yeah, it's, it's really funny because yeah, we do have so many parallels. Yeah. And I think every creative goes through these things. Uh, This reinvention thing's really interesting to me because it's like, publicly molting, you know, like how animals go into hibernation or like they shed their skin. Right. And it's like a really uncomfortable process and they're, you know, it's sort of like a fever dream of, and then they come out and they're like new. I feel like you had some molting to do. Like yeah, you had to go and same. And like, I, that's like what I've been trying to do. And like when I went to, when I went away to Montreal, I was hoping to like do that privately. Like, Mm. let me go away and come back. And then what I really realized this year, and I'm curious if you agree with this and maybe you don't, but I think the toughness of the years prior and like what we, what we were really coming into this with of like, like you were saying, being in fight and flight and being in that sort of that state that, that is just really intense is like molting publicly like we need to sort of be going into ourselves and and figuring things out but also like we both and you much more than than I but like you have this career that you've built for yourself that's like pretty public right and so to do that consistently while also figuring out what was going on with you had this like incoherence of like feeling bummed that you're not making your work and putting it out there Mm -hmm. and also like feeling like not aligned with the work that you're just like putting out there to feed the algorithm and put out there. <laughs> right, yeah. So it was like made this positive feedback loop, but you didn't really want to take the time to go fully in. So it's just, I, I don't know. And similarly, like sometimes I'm like, 
do I need to be a phoenix rising from the ashes? Do I need to like fully fall and like fully really crash and like fully hit bottom and then to rise? Or because for me, like that's never been my the case. Like I've always had a pretty high bottom. It's like I'll come down, but I'm not going to like I still am like going to the party and I'm still waking up in the morning. I'm I'm even when I'm down. But then can you really reinvent yourself from that mm -hmm. space? Do you have to tear it all down and restart? Or can we do what it looks to me like you did this year, which was like, what do I have to work with this time? Like, cool. I have this, I have these skills to make YouTube videos. I have skills to make films. I have skills to make ceramics. Like I have all these different creative projects already going. How can I learn about myself and then come into it with new energy? And mm -hmm. that's what it looks like to me that you've done and you're only going to continue to do that next year. Is that what it's felt like? It, yeah, it definitely feels like I'm having a rebirth of sorts. Like I'm am figuring out who I am, who I really am. Yeah. Because I, I think, um, you know, the persona that I have put online is me, of course, but there are just like deeper parts of myself. And so- yeah, figuring out how to intertwine that in my art, I think is going to be really fun. And I, yeah, this is the journey of self-love. I've learned how to not place blame outside of myself. I was doing a lot of that. I was sort of pointing the finger and thinking everything else was wrong. And it wasn't until I started working on myself internally and doing shadow work and all that, that I realized it's all just me. It's all, it's all my perception and and me projecting. So yeah, I, I definitely went inwards this year to do all that internal work. And that's intense. Yeah. Shadow work is intense. And I mean, I'm, I'm honestly so inspired by you and so happy that it, this happened for you this year. And I think that, you know, in my perspective, like a lot of this Conceptually, I've known about a lot of these things for a long time, but mm -hmm. my, I've had a very intellectual understanding of it, mm -hmm. but embodying it is different. It is so scary. Yeah. It is like really, it's like you're, and I also think I had an ego death with my partner yeah, uh, shortly yeah. after the awakening that I had. So that was like a whole thing where I felt like my world was flipped upside down for a minute. Can you talk? about that a little yeah so i'd gone over to my boyfriend's house and i was feeling kind of off all day i was feeling kind of weird like and that whole day it was it, i called it my backwards day because i had like taken a bath in the morning i had like burned my food i went when was to this again this was right after a march this is like this must have been a week or two after my spiritual awakening yeah and this i is after your show yeah. Yeah. Because that was in February. Yeah. yeah. So I just had this really backwards day and I was feeling so off, you know, because I'd been on a roll. I'd been like learning about all this stuff. And then I, I couldn't seem to like scratch that itch. I was just feeling wired and didn't know what to do with that energy. And I went over to my boyfriend's place and he, we were just going to watch a movie. And he, he felt something like something. I mean, he knows me so well. He felt like something was off. And I was like, I was just, I was like, I don't think you're going to like me after this. Because I knew like a big shift was happening, but I didn't know what was happening. And I just cried like this like crazy cry that I don't know that I've ever really cried. Um, and he 
you know, he held me and um, we went into his place and I just felt like I was going to have a panic attack. I was so confused. It was like everything that I'd been learning up until that point, like all that Dr. Joe Dispenza stuff, it wasn't making any sense to me in that moment. And I was like, oh my God, it just felt like everything had flipped. It was so bizarre. And I tried to pull up a video and I'm like, maybe it'll like ring a bell or something. Nothing is making any sense. And um, it was so crazy. And I have, I'm like, I think I'm like, I was freaking out. So he comes over and he sits with me and I was like, just remind me that everything's going to be okay. And he did. And um, I, and I was fine, but we ended up talking till like five o'clock in the morning. Cause I'm, I feel like I'm more left brain. So intellectually I was taking all this stuff in, but he is more spiritual. <laughs> and so we were like connecting the dots and um, we just had this like really beautiful moment where I was like, oh my God, this is what love is. Like we were so present with each other and we were connecting the dots and it just felt like I was experiencing it from like a different perspective, like an out of body perspective. And it was just crazy. And I was like, this is what two people being in love feels like. It's like what God is. That That's how I interpreted that. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think I had a crazy ego death then. And since then I've just been actively, when something bubbles up, I know that it's like my inner child and actively, um, like putting out the fire before it turns into something. Cause I, I used to be pretty reactive, especially in my relationships. And so this is part of the work. Why do you call it an ego death? Well, I just, that cry I had in the parking lot was so intense. I don't think I've ever really experienced anything like that, but I think I was just shedding a bunch of stuff that I had like wound up and, um, yeah, yeah. Wow. I'm really happy that that happened for you. It's beautiful. Like that's beautiful that you were able to experience that and- not, you know, dance around the perimeter of it, but like dive into it, you know? It was, yeah, I like fully surrendered. And right. it, and I, um in previous relationships, I don't think I'd ever been able to do that. And I was super reactive. I would break it off with people all the time. You know, I was just sort of uh, all over the place. I just, um I was on my like powerful woman shit, you know, like, yeah, totally. Which is good. Like that's still in you. And that oh, was like absolutely. a chapter of your life. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. we, we joke like in our friend group that that's very much still in you in the way that you give advice, I think, to your friends, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> but yeah, I just like surrendered in a way that I hadn't done with another human right. before ever. And so it felt like really intense. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm feeling like a contact of it right now. So, so that happens and sort of what happens next, let's just sort of go through it chronologically. So you have that, that, that big moment you surrender. And then, you know, that was only halfway through the year or not even like a, a quarter through the year. So what, what are some of the other beats that sort of lead up to where you are now? 
Well, I those were like the two big ones. Yeah. Um, and since then, it's just been like slowly unraveling and, and still continuing to learn all this stuff. Well, okay, this year I've been on a weed journey. I freaking love weed. <laughs> and um, I started smoking weed in like 2020 because I was dating someone and we smoked a lot of weed, which was fun. And then, um, and then it turned into how I could like, it, it also allowed me to let go because I was totally in my head. And whenever I would smoke, I would just be like, whoa, you know, I could finally like release and let go. And, um, and after I had my spiritual awakening, I would smoke weed and then just also go down the rabbit hole, which was awesome. And, um, but I think I'm getting to the point where I, it's like, I'm trying to release all of these attachments, right? And all of these like identities. And so, yeah, I think I'm like slowly letting go of weed a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's been another thing this year. And you realize that like that guilt, it's passed down through your DNA. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like going through the crevices of how like the inner workings of my brain and all that stuff. Yeah, it's interesting to not have have to put the pressure on anything to because whatever you we worship whatever we need, right? Like weed becomes what you worship or a person becomes what you worship or uh in releasing all those attachments is like really hard, but really more sustainable to whatever comes next, you know? Yeah, exactly. And um, I've been doing a lot of karma yoga, which is basically you, you're just super present during everything that you do, whether it's washing the dishes, going on a walk, you're just like super aware. Yeah. So a lot of that too. Wow. Yeah. You talk about heart brain coherence. Can you, can you talk about what that is a little bit? Because to to me, I, I think about it with whenever I get overwhelmed or I can tell that I'm about to, I got this really great advice this year that someone close to me pointed out. When I can just get calm, if I can just get myself calm, I can kind of figure out everything. I can like, I don't need anybody's advice. I don't need help even. Mm -hmm. I can do it. Getting myself calm I might need help with that. I might need a friend for that. I might need myself for that. I might need a tool or whatever. And to me, that sort of relates to the heart-brain coherence mm -hmm. piece. And I'd love if you could talk about that or if, if you relate to that. Yeah. Well, I I was super in my head. And I think most people are just totally consumed by yeah. our thoughts. And so the meditation helps break that up. And you you can't exist without being in your head and having those thoughts. Um, Eckhart Tolle talks about it a lot. But basically, when you're able to get out of your head and turn inwards, you're able to think, well, like you're saying, you're able to think more clearly. To me, it just means letting go of your thinking mind and tapping into your like inner space. Right. So that's what I'm doing when I'm getting calm. That's mm -hmm. That was her way of articulating exactly what you said. Yeah. You just notice what's going on on the inside. Right. Yeah. 
And it's really hard to do that when you're in fight or flight or when you're just right. going, 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 which I have a tendency to do. So it's like just knowing knowing my limits has been quite helpful for me this year instead of um, – Pushing I, through. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And yeah. just knowing – I mean, really, this comes down to energy management. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that if I have multiple things in a day, that's not great for me. I know that I – if I have multiple things – if I have something every single night of the week, I, I like to have a night in between where I can just – it doesn't mean I don't do anything – but it just means I don't have a plan. Mm -hmm. So like I can call a friend and like make a plan if I want to, or I can be home alone. But I just, I, I went, and this is something I think you you know about me, but I just went at a pace of like, yeah, I, I pick up people very quickly. I pick, I make friends very easily, which is great. But then it becomes a way of like, it becomes a distraction from myself and my work and my um, creatively and spiritually and um Sometimes it can be so intense to to dive into something. So I want to, you know. Yeah, you're creating like a space, like a little gap for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You you also say something, and it's something that we talk about a lot, but easy is correct. Can you talk about that? Like easy is right? Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, okay. So I, if any of you guys know about the Gene Keys, I – Def, that was definitely a, an early deep dive that helped me on my journey. Can you talk about it a little? Yeah. So uh, Richard Rudd is the guy who did this. And I I think he came out with this over a decade ago. But you put in your birthday. So it's like astrology. Um, and you get a – basically, it's like a map of your wounding. So it takes your birthday place um, and time you're born. And it it shows you like your life's purpose, um, your work stuff. And when you start diving deep in there, one of the things he, he mentions is easy is right. Because my life's purpose, if you guys are familiar with Jinkies, um, is Jinky 23, which is simplicity. And that's where that comes from. It, it's like once you start realizing these things, you start making your life more simple. I'm going to pull mine up at dinner after this. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Wow. Okay. So so go on. How did that, once you found that as your purpose, how did you shift? Like how did you shift things, you know, in the material plane to in, yeah, support that? Yeah, externally? Yeah. Well, I went inwards this year. So I wasn't okay. really seeing people. I stopped drinking. Um, I wasn't making plans. I was just sort of – really taking time for myself to slow down because I was so wound up for so long. Um, so yeah, if, if there's something that I'm not really into or don't really want to do, I'm not going to do it. It's, it's, I'm trying really hard to make it super easy on myself. Yeah. Following the flow. Yep. I, I've done that too. I, I feel like that's something that I've just become much more clear. Yeah. Good. Because it's, I mean, Abraham Hicks talks about this. Mm -hmm. She talks about the pushing against. Mm -hmm. When you start feeling that knot in your stomach yep. or something feels off, that's the pushing against. And yeah. it's your body trying to tell you that, uh, no, like you need to think about something else or do something else or, you know what I mean? That's always been one of my favorite 
Abraham bits yeah. about how going with the momentum instead of trying to focus on what is working and not trying to force. Mm-hmm. And so much of life is timing, which is what I've what I've realized. And I was honestly, I was kind of trying to say that to you earlier today when we were talking about like, wow, this is definitely the day we were meant to do this because there's a level of trust that one has to have to embody that part of Abraham. And that's something that I have so much I need to work on still. And uh, as we all do, but one thing that I'm, I'm proud of myself from this year is that I have been more discerning on she says this using your feelings as your road signs mm-hmm. of like trying to not push against having the, what I was going to say about a level of trust of like what I used to do was like, well, if I don't do it now, if I don't keep it warm, it might never happen. Mm-hmm. It might never, if I don't like, you know, because, mm-hmm. and sometimes that you have to real have a letting go of that. Like I, I had this meeting yesterday morning that I, texted them and was like, I'm, I'm not going to, can we reschedule because I'm going to OI for the night and I can't do it. And they said it was fine, but they didn't give me a new time. And my brain started to go into like, well, now it'll never happen. And you shouldn't have gone to OI. You should have just kept the plan because now it'll never happen. And it's like, or I could take the belief of like, it wasn't meant to happen that day and it'll happen at a better time. But there's a level of confidence that you need to have that. And there's a level of self-trust and yeah, reliance. Trust, yeah. So has that always been something that you've had or is that something you've had to develop? <laughs> no. Do you have any advice? I am working on that. Yeah. It's huge. It's the letting go part Yeah, still. And remembering that we are nature too. We are a part of nature. And we also have our seasons. And like, I think we're so used to just fighting it and trying to just keep going. Um, So it's finding that flow and that balance with nature because everything is always changing. Yeah. And not getting caught up in the chaos. Right, right, right. I think cyclical, like thinking about the cycles and the seasons is really important. And and I guess – where we live, the seasons are hard to remember. Pinpoint. Yeah, <laughs> hard, to, hard to pinpoint exactly. But that is a really good something that I just find so incredibly comforting is like thinking about the tides when I think about my emotions mm-hmm. because dark before dawn. Like, I, mean, I mean, I mean, I guess the biggest cyclical reflection of of our internal state is our periods, which we talk about a lot in like our friendship, but it, but it is true of like, that's intense. Like it's intense, the emotional dips that come with that. Mm -hmm. And also I'm kind of grateful. I've kind of like relished in it this year of like, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Like I know it's going to come and I know to sort of capitalize on when it's not. And, And sometimes external things fall in a time when I wish they weren't Mm -hmm. and that's frustrating but that's like the capitalistic world that we live in and it just is what it is but if I can finagle things to be coherent with (laughs) my cycle like that's excellent and with us being nature I think the more we can think about it that way the more we can it helps with that trust bit because you trust that the when the leaves fall in the fall, 
they're going to come back in the summer. And totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like funny when you like expand outwards your like mind when you can, you know, you're not just thinking about yourself and your situation. Like we're on a planet that's spinning (laughs) in like the right degree to where we're able to sustain life here. We don't have to think about breathing. And once you can remember that, you're like, oh my God, we are so held by the universe. Animals and trees, I mean, they're just doing their thing. They're just, they're not thinking about what they're doing. Right. And uh, yeah, so it's a good reminder. And also our periods are, you know, in tune with the cycles of the moon too. So it's just- it's so fascinating. And the tides. Yeah. And I think that's something that I think about it. Bodies are such a great example of this. Like, sure, animals and nature and outside, but like the body you've got like right now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's right here. And I always think about this of like, isn't it if we really this gets me into it quite quickly. Like, you get a cut, you had to get stitches this year, like our bodies literally grow back together. You can, yeah. I mean, there's these things that like I have gotten hurt and I have felt better. And you, the older we get, the bigger sample size we have of that happening mm-hmm. emotionally, physically. Yeah. It's getting in touch with your body. Right. Yeah. Somebody, my, my friend Alyssa, who's done this podcast before, she has this project called Our Nature. And for Earth Day, a couple of years ago, she had us all submit like, what is nature to you? And I said, you know, I didn't really feel that all that connected to nature. This was like three years ago. And Mm -hmm. it was when I was still, I had just gotten here, but like technically I still lived in New York. And I, my relationship with nature was sort of like unclear. And so I answered the question a way that I'm grateful that like it it still holds up, but I was just like, to me, nature is people. Like I'm really good at connecting with people in conversation and like that's, but, but like we're made of the same stuff. Like we're, we are Nate, like you're an animal, you know? Right. Yeah. We are. Yeah. Our bodies are a gift from nature. Right. Right. And so I think that kind of gets me into it a little bit. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Yeah. How has all of this impacted your relationships with your friends, you mentioned your boyfriend a little bit, <laughs> but like how all of all of your relationships with any any sort of level of closeness with people? Well, it's gotten, they've all gotten better and easier um, because I'm tuning in to them in a way that I, I don't think I was able to before because I was so in my head, mm-hmm. always thinking about something Um, and so now you realize that just like being with someone and like opening your heart space is like as a way to connect with somebody is like really special and beautiful and sweet. And so, yeah, it's slowing down and being patient and being with the other person. Um, and it's been great. What would you suggest to someone listening to this episode who's curious to begin in some way with what we're talking about, incorporate it in their own way? If I was listening to this, which I am, (laughs) and I have been like, 
it would inspire me to be like, okay, well, I want what she's having. Like, how do I, where do I begin? Or where do you suggest I look to potentially find my way in that's interesting to me? Well, I can recommend some stuff that really helped me on my journey. So Gene Keys was was a huge one. Abraham Hicks has been huge for me too. Um, And then, yeah, well, I would maybe just probably start with meditating if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. I really do think it starts with slowing down um, because that way you can let enlightenment catch up with you. So if this is something you're seeking, I think it really is just about being present. Yeah. I think it's as simple as that. Mindfulness. Yes. Which now I am starting to remember some of our first conversation because I do remember us talking about Tara Brock. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I do remember us talking – and I, I will be curious to to maybe hear what you said about this, but I, I at the time I always asked people what they thought about – God, spirituality, what happens when we cool. die. And I definitely yeah. asked you that. I'm oh, you sure. did? I'm sure. Because oh, it was remember. it was part I was asking it every I still do. I still ask people that. That's awesome. Um so I'm I'd be curious what you said. Yeah, I have no idea. I know. It's interesting. That I just that's neither here nor there. But also to, you know, for people listening who who perhaps already meditate or are into this, what would you say about incorporating it and embodying it? And like I'll, I'll speak for myself. For for me, I would and sometimes still do kind of look at this stuff in a way that I, I realize is more like spiritual entertainment, you know what I mean? Rather mm-hmm. than like making it useful, like watching Abraham Hicks videos on repeat and reading self-help books and and um, listening to podcasts about this stuff and thinking like, cool, yeah, that sounds great. But in practice, not actually – incorporating it or not fully embodying it because it requires a level of surrender so do you have any advice on that well i think that's the trick right okay that was part one of my conversation with my dear friend madeline de la rosa i didn't really say this at the top but if you don't know maddie she has an incredible youtube channel and we talk about it several times in this so please subscribe if you are not already. And she now has a Substack, which we touched on maybe, or maybe that's in part two. So sign up for that as well. My Substack is called Let It Out List and it's recommending Maddie's. So you can find it there. It's also linked in the show notes, of course. And you can follow her on social media. Let her know that you listened all the way to the end, the end of part one. Why don't you send her, what do we think Maddie's favorite emoji is? Some sort of, maybe the the pink heart. I think she's given me that one before. So, so go ahead and send her the pink heart. I'll find, I'll tell you what, I'll find out what her favorite emoji is. I think she told me last time because I used to do this, but I'll find out and then we'll make that the emoji for next week. Remember I used to do this? We're going back to our roots here. I used to find out who listened all the way to the end by who would text me or post on, comment on my latest Instagram post what the emoji of the week was and it was fun. And then I stopped doing it because I didn't think it was cool. But you know what? This year, I don't care what's cool anymore. We go towards warmth here on the program and in our lives. Okay, so next week, if you come back on the show, if you want to hear us talking more, I would love to have you. This is what we talk about next time. We get into, I mean, listen, you want to come back because as you know, on the show, dare I say on all shows, 
things come alive in act two. That's where we get comfortable. That's where we forget we're recording. We're a little looser. The kinks have been worked out. So come back next week for part two. We talk about handling the little things to be ready for the big things, how overcorrection emotionally can be like a wrecking ball. We talk about not kicking the can down the road with tasks too much, how doing internal work leads to changing your life externally as well. We talk about setting boundaries. We talk about setting intentions and taking actions to support them, how people are afraid to be ordinary. We think people are afraid to be vulnerable, but really it's people are afraid to be ordinary. We talk about trying to control how we're perceived by others and how that creates separateness. We talk about the difference between intellectual understanding and embodiment. It's a mouthful. It's a lot, right? And then things get a little bit lighter. We talk about the movies that she's watched recently that have inspired her. She gives two really great recs. We talk about advice for someone wanting to watch more new films. Me, I was the person who asked and wants that. She gives some advice. And then she tells the story of a time she laughed the hardest recently. It's a very funny story. It has to do with tea. And then I ask a couple questions that were submitted by you. So tune in next week for that. If you want to do a workshop that I made in listen i've been teaching this workshop for 10 years can you believe it it's called remix your resolutions i used to do it live in person at kerpalu which was a real dream come true i started doing it in 2014 at a yoga studio and then i did it everywhere stores i did it at in new york city at cat beauty in the west village which was like a packed house and standing room only and it was so fun and then a dream come true i got invited to teach it annually at Kripalu in Western Massachusetts and it's a retreat center and a yoga center and I loved this teaching this workshop so much and of course in 2020 there was a halt put on that sort of in-person gathering and so I made it on Zoom and recorded it and that is available for you to do if you'd like to. It's a way to set intentions for the new year. It's a journaling process that I take you through and we go into eight different life areas and also there's a part about how to incorporate journaling into your life did you know i wrote a book about journaling that's what that's why i teach these workshops about journaling but yeah i wrote this book called let it out about journaling it came out many years ago and yeah this is one of my favorite parts of that body of work of of teaching workshops about writing for emotional wellness and it's available so that's that announcement. And then I also want to say too, I am adding three more spots to my creative consulting. So if any of the things that we speak about on the show resonate with you and you want to work with me one-on-one, I have three spots available and there's so many new things coming soon for Let It Out. So stick around. I'm so glad you're here. So grateful that you listened. If you find value in this episode, send it to a friend. That helps so much. If you want to rate it on iTunes or wherever you're listening, that'd be cool. This podcast has its own Instagram. It's called let it out with three T's and my Instagram is just my name. They're both me actually. Shh. And of course, you know where to find Maddie. I am so grateful to her. I love her. She's incredible. And we will talk to you next week. Okay. Bye-bye. This podcast is edited by the incredible, the one and only Brianna Bain, who will also be back on the show very soon.